Good morning and a very warm welcome to St Anne's Egbeth online Sunday service. Thanks for joining us, whether that's through Facebook or whether that's through YouTube. It's great that you're able to be together and be a part of our growing online church family. It's amazing how far these online services are reaching and they are going far and wide as different people share them with family and friends. If this is your first time with us, a very, very special welcome to you. And why not pop across to our website, www.saintannesegbeth.com. There you can find out more about who we are as a church. You can listen to some of our sermons and services that have been uploaded over the past couple of years. If you're watching this online service, you'll be aware that we also put out a midweek Wednesday reflection that goes live at 8 a.m. every Wednesday. And we've been doing these two things a week uh, during this lockdown. You'll also be very much aware that as the lockdown restrictions seem to be easing a little bit, we do have a mind and an eye towards going back into our church building in due course. I will be giving you more information about that uh, as we get it. In the meantime, we are here to worship together. That's what we're about. So I'm going to start this service by reading just a, a psalm and saying a prayer before I hand over to Tim and Liz, who are going to lead us in our sung worship this morning. Sung worship is really important. Gathering together for worship is really important. It's worship that actually brings us closer to God. So as we do prepare to worship, I do encourage you to enter into it fully. I know it's slightly different. and I know it's perhaps a little bit awkward sitting on the couch or wherever you're watching this. But I do encourage you just to allow God to draw near as I read these words from Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with salvation. And I love those words, that the Lord takes delight in his people. He delights when we come before him and when we worship him. So let's do that now.
Thank you, Tim and Liz, for leading us in our worship every week. You do an amazing job and we really appreciate all that you do for us. I love the fact that as a church, we've got so many people with so many gifts. And during, even during the lockdown, we've been able to share together with various people from our church family taking a role in these services. And as always, this week is no exception. Um, in a minute, I'm going to hand over to Nikki, who's going to lead us in our reading before Gary uh, brings us God's word, which is for the final week, looking at Malachi chapter 4. And Gary will be opening that to us in just a moment. Before that, just a couple of notices. Um, I'm very much aware that people are now beginning to ask questions as to when we will be opening as a church. Uh, if you've signed up to our weekly newsletter, which you can do via the website, uh, you will have been getting notifications each week regarding where we're up to. Uh, it's two things really. We've got our church redevelopment project and we've also got the lockdown lifting of restrictions telling us as and when we can open the building. The reordering project is very nearly complete. Uh, we're just waiting on one or two little things to be finished. Uh, so we're almost ready to open the doors. But that also depends upon the lifting and the easing of the lockdown restrictions, which we now know that we are able to open the doors uh, as from the 4th of July. The reality for us is that we do need to do a little bit of work to enable us to do that. So I will be giving you uh, notice via that weekly newsletter as to when we will be opening. There's quite a bit to do to enable that to happen. So do sign up and, uh, and if you need to ask any questions, just ask and we'll give you all the information that we can regarding that. But I can say that in just a couple of weeks, I do hope that we'll be able uh, to worship together back in church. So for now, I'm going to hand over to Nikki, who's going to lead us in our Bible reading. Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Malachi chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 1. Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord. Not a root or a branch will be left to them, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness, will rise with healing in its rays, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all of Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I well remember the time that I went to the opticians some years ago to be fitted with my first set of spectacles. I sat there rather nervous in the chair as the girl set about attaching them to my face. After a few minutes, she said to me, were you born with one eye lower than the other or has it dropped in recent years? Well, this was somewhat unexpected news as I had no idea that I got wonky eye syndrome. Anyway, the girl carried on. After a few minutes, she excused herself and went and got a colleague and the two of them set about attaching the glasses to my face. 
Although not only was I nervous by now, but I was also feeling a bit self-conscious about my eyes. So to break the ice a bit, I said to the second girl, how's it going? I just found out that one of my eyes is a bit lower than the other. She said, oh, we've managed to adjust the glasses uh, to your eyes, but one of your ears is much further back on the side of your head than the other one, and we're now trying to adjust and compensate for that as well. Well, talk about gaining a new perspective on yourself. Going into the opticians with one idea about how you look and coming out aware that not only have you got wonky eyes, but wonky ears as well. Well, perspective is what I want to reflect with you for a few minutes this morning about in the light of what Malachi sets before us in the last chapter of his great prophecy. For those of you that have followed this series, we began in Malachi chapter 1 by saying that the people have come home from exile, they've started to build their houses, they've started to settle in the land once more, they've even built the temple. But things haven't quite gone as they'd expected. They're still under occupation with a Persian governor over them, for instance. And because things hadn't quite gone as they'd expected, so they've started to lose trust in God. And one consequence of this is that they started to lose trust in his promises, and one consequence of that is that they've started to water down their worship in the present. One aspect of this is that they've stopped giving to God the tithes and the offerings and the first fruits of their crop. Instead, they're giving to him what's left over, what is somewhat diseased, what is in addition to, rather than that which is first fruit. And we thought over the last few weeks about how we, as believers, are called as part of our worship to give to God in an intentional way that which is the first fruit. We thought about tithes, we thought about offerings, we thought about what that might mean and why that's an important part of our discipleship and worship. Well, today we come to the end of Malachi, Malachi chapter 4 the last chapter of the last book of the Old Testament. And in this chapter, Malachi is going to give us three perspectives on why it is that we should trust God, why it is that we should trust to God's promises, and what this means in our present day living and our present day discipleship. The first of these uh, perspectives, the first aspect of this, we find in verses 1 to 3 of chapter 4, where Malachi tells us that the day of the Lord is sure and certain. This will be a day of judgment, and it will be a day simultaneously of hope. Now, we live in a society where, by and large, people have lost sight of the great story of Scripture, what's known as the meta-narrative, the great story that covers the Bible from beginning to end. God's creation, God's redemption in Jesus, and God's recreation at the end of time, at the time of God's choosing. That story doesn't frame people's lives in the way that it used to. Instead, people generally live today in our society with two different perspectives. The perspective of individualism, I am at the centre of my universe, and immediacy, now is all there is. And that has all sorts of consequences, consumerism, materialism, for example, loss of compassion. 
Now instead, here in Malachi chapter 4, we have a reminder that now is not all there is, and that we are not at the centre of our universe. Instead, the day of the Lord is sure and certain, one that brings with it judgment and hope, and that frames the life that we are called to live as believers. When we die, we will rest in Christ until the day of resurrection, when we will rise, and we will rejoice to be part of the great banquet of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our perspective. And here in Malachi chapter 4, in these first three verses, Malachi blisteringly reminds the people of his day that now is not all there is, that God will return. And so they should live their lives against that great story, against that perspective. For me, for instance, this has all sorts of consequences. My mum and dad both died as believers. My mum died with uh, a number of uh, diseases and physical problems, including Parkinson's. I remember as a child that she was a great dancer. She was always the first of at parties. I know that on the day of resurrection, I will dance before the throne of grace with my mum. We live with a different perspective. The day of the Lord is coming. And for us, it brings security. But it doesn't bring security for everybody. So therefore, we have an urgency, an urgency within us to be missional, to make sure that the gospel of Jesus is known, that the gospel of Jesus is embodied, and that part of that is to ensure that through our giving, that mission of God proceeds. We have a missional perspective based upon the day of the Lord. Malachi continues this in verse 4, where he tells us that therefore we're called to live faithfully before God in the present. He reminds the people about the decrees and the laws that God gave to Moses at the mountain. It's no accident that this little verse sits there where it does. The day of the Lord will come, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, remember what it means to live in the light of the covenant that I have made with you. There are promises from me. You will be saved. There will be a promised people who live in the new Jerusalem. But that carries obligations to live faithfully in the present. It's almost as if God is saying, you can't have one without the other. The covenant carries responsibilities. Now, of course, we know, and we say this often in church, that we are not saved by what we do. We're saved by the grace of God brought near in Jesus and realised in his sacrificial death upon the cross. That is the source of our salvation. The hope that that sacrifice is effective is the resurrection of Jesus, followed by his ascension and promise of his return. We do not earn our way into heaven, but we are called to live in the present, in the light of the future. The day of the Lord is certain, therefore remember that in the present, we are called to live according to the covenant responsibilities that God has set before us. The sort of language that we use 
is the language of discipleship, being faithful in the light of what God has done for us. And the third perspective is in verses 5 and 6. See, I will send a messenger who will remind you of these things. Now, God gives opportunity for repentance. God is a merciful God. That's what the last two verses of this prophecy are all about. God gives time for people to return. God gives time and opportunity for people to hear and respond to the good news that is Jesus Christ. Now, we know, because this is the last section of the Old Testament, that the New Testament opens up with who? With the ministry of John the Baptist preceding that of Jesus. And Jesus taking over from John, baptised by him in the Jordan, and continuing the work that John promises he will effect. The fact that he will baptise with fire. The fact that he will make effective the baptism of repentance that John is bringing about. The Old Testament and the New Testament are fundamentally bridged by the promise of the day of the Lord, which Jesus brings about, by a reminder of faithful discipleship, and by the promise that the messenger, John the Baptist, will take over from the messenger, Malachi, that's what his name means, and that they will prepare hearts and minds for all that God is wanting to do, reminding people of the future and calling them to faithful living in the present. All of this is what Malachi is setting before us, a beautiful bridge between the promise of God's return, the coming of Jesus, the promise of Jesus' return in the light of the day of the Lord, and a call to discipleship in the meantime. So a brief reflection to finish with. Giving, like any aspect of discipleship, prayer, worship, going to church, reading the Bible, gathering together with other Christians to learn more about what it means to live faithfully in the present, none of that makes sense by itself. It's in the light of the perspective of Scripture, God's faithful, merciful holding back of his judgment. But the promise that that will happen and a call to living in the middle of those two things, that is what makes sense of giving. Discipleship makes sense of giving. Living in the light of who Jesus is, what he's done, God's grace and the promise of his return. For those of us who are Christians, I pray that we'll get this and that we'll live it out in the way that we've been reflecting on over these last few weeks. For those of us who are perhaps interested in Jesus, I pray that we'll start to see how all of this stuff makes sense in a whole life fashion. Because of the perspective of Scripture, God's creation, the coming of Jesus, and God's recreation at the end of time. I think this journey through Malachi's been great. What a way to finish the Old Testament with all the promises that the New Testament brings about in John and in Jesus and the promises of Jesus' return. Let's pray. God our Father,
We pray that you will take these things and this scripture, settle them in our hearts, and help us to live faithfully. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. We start with the collect for the third Sunday after Trinity. Almighty God, you have broken the tyranny of sin and sent the spirit of your Son into our hearts so we can call you Father. Give us grace to dedicate our freedom to your service, that we and all creation may be brought to the glorious liberty of the children of God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray for the Church throughout the world, for Justin, our Archbishop, and for Bishop Paul and Bishop Bev. We give thanks for the work done by the Church to support people during this coronavirus epidemic. And we give thanks for the phone calls and visits made within our own parish to those who are vulnerable and isolated. We pray for the Space to Grow project and are thankful that we may soon be able to meet together again in church to worship. We pray for Ian and Matt and their families and for all those starting their roles in parishes over the next few months as new curates or vicars. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give thanks for all the NHS and support workers who have selflessly given their time and for some their lives in treating those who have suffered recently. Help us to continue to stay safe. We pray for the children and teachers returning to school over the next few weeks that they too may remain safe and enjoy their learning and teaching. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we ask for your blessing on all of our actions this week and that you will guide us in all that we do. We ask that you will give us the grace and the encouragement of your Holy Spirit that what we carry out this week will be as a true witness for you and we commit ourselves to doing your work in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we remember all those who are facing illness today. We ask that you would bring healing, comfort and peace to their bodies and souls. Calm their fears and let them experience the power of your love. Be with their families and friends as they support each other. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. <clears throat> we, pray, <clears throat> we pray for those who have recently died. We remember David Wales, Joe Ritchie Bennett and James Fairlong, who were killed in Reading last week. All those who have died in the pandemic and those who are known to us personally. Merciful Father, hear our prayers and console those who mourn. As we renew our faith in your Son, whom you raised from the dead, strengthen our belief that our departed brothers and sisters will share in your glorious resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. 
Thank you, Ruth, for leading us in our prayers this morning. And also thank you to Gary for bringing God's word to us today on the book of Malachi and for bringing to an end our sermon series on Malachi. If you've been joining us these past four weeks, you'll have heard all the talks uh, on the sermon series of Malachi, which is finished today. And we've been focusing on this book with a view to looking at what our response to God is. Over these past four weeks, I've been really challenged personally by what God is saying to me individually. But also, we need to ask the question, what is God saying to us as a church? I feel God is asking each one of us to think long and hard about how seriously we take our relationship with him, our journey with him. And if we do that, then the obvious response is how our faith then affects how we live our lives on a day-to-day basis. Living in that place of gratitude for all that God has given to us. Recognising that all we have comes from God. And with that, the realisation that as a Christian, it's our Christian duty and privilege to give back to God the best of what we can. So that the mission of God can continue to grow. And that we can play our part in God's mission here at St Anne's. So the challenge from this series is... How will you respond? And I realise that these last few months have been really hard for everyone in lots of different ways. But for all connected at St Anne's, it has also been tough. Not only have we had the complexities of trying to complete a really big reordering project, but we've been trying to maintain the church family during this period when we haven't been able to meet. And that's come at a crucial time when actually for many of the church family, They've needed to meet and they've needed to be together with other members of the church family to support them during this time. As I said last week, during this difficult period, our weekly offering has not been collected. And as a church, as a result, we are facing a deficit budget, which we need to do something about. We now have a wonderful building, an amazing facility that offers real flexibility but we have a duty to ensure that we're able to continue to run as a church. There are a number of ways in which you can help and in which you can give to the work of God here at St Anne's, chiefly though through the parish giving scheme. This is a monthly direct debit, uh, the amount of which you can specify and even the date which you'd like that to go out, you can also specify. The beauty of this method is that gift aid can be added straight away if that's applicable. For all the information on this and for any other ways in which you might be able to give to God's work here at St Anne's, do visit our website. But please do prayerfully consider how you might respond to the challenge that God has laid before us through this sermon series on Malachi. And again, as I said last week, I know that for many of us, the future is uncertain. And as a result of the last couple of months, there are financial implications and there are concerns. And it might be that you actually need to reduce your monthly giving. But likewise for others, the circumstances are very different and you might be able to consider increasing your monthly giving or even setting up a regular method of giving for the very first time. I do pray that you will consider this carefully and that you'll ask yourself that question as to how might God be asking you to respond. If you have any questions please do get in touch and I'd love to talk through those with you. 
But in the meantime, let me finish with a final prayer of blessing. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for all that you are doing in our lives. We give thanks for all that you have said to us through this book of Malachi, for how you've challenged us as individuals, but also as a church. And I pray in the coming days, Lord, that we will reflect upon all we've heard, that we'll allow you to speak to us, and that we will respond according to how you want us to, seeking your will. And so now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look kindly upon you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. Thank you for joining with us this week and I hope to see you very soon. God bless. Thank you.